We're sisters, best friends, and authors on a mission to help you stoke your creative fire and live the life of your dreams. We believe that purpose fuels passion and that creativity is your secret weapon for mass construction. There's never been a better time to bless the world with your dream realized. You're listening to The Kate and Abby Show. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode five of The Kate and Abby Show. We're super stoked to have you here. Today, we're going to be diving into some interesting topics. Yeah, we're going to be talking about book covers. I almost said book blurbs, but that will be another thing for another time. Yep. Book covers, the importance of book covers, and kind of some cool different perspectives on book covers because we're going to be kind of talking about the different aspects, like the different ways that you can go about making a book cover, right. either making it yourself or working with, an, with a designer. All right, now I feel like this is a really hot topic amongst the especially indie world, which is just growing every single day. It's absolutely amazing to see this indie movement just taking over and it's just becoming, you know, don't be offended if you're into traditional publishing, but the world is changing. There's a shift taking place. It's transforming the way we do music, the way we do film, the way we do literature. And I say power to it. So, that said, if you're writing a book and you're like, hey, man, you know, I, I have an idea for a book cover. How do I go about making this a reality? We're going to talk about how that can occur, how it occurred for both of us and our books, and um, whether or not you should hire someone to do it, whether you should do it yourself, what the ramifications of both are. And yeah, we're going we're gonna to dig into all of it from a, a perspective of if you're into graphic design or if you know nothing about how to design anything on a computer, we're going to dive into both from both perspectives. Yeah. And it'll be interesting because I come from the perspective of having designed my own book cover for my debut novel, 100 Days of Sunlight. And you work, you work with a designer for your book covers. Yes. I, I did design one of your book I was going to say, covers. I'm looking at one of my designers right now. <laughs> so um, yeah. I have four books. My newest book, Shameless Plug, releases April 7th. Um, So I have, uh, by that point, I will have four published books out. And I've worked with an awesome cover designer um, to have those covers of the books created. Abby designed the cover for Worlds Beneath, the second book in the series. But all in all, I, I didn't design them myself. I, I came up with the concepts, but someone else actually did the work of creating the cover. So I have that perspective. Whereas Abby, like from scratch, designed the and created the cover of 100 Days of Sunlight. Yeah. So if you're familiar with Abby's book, which has a freaking awesome cover. I should have brought a copy here yeah. to show you guys. But I know. I forgot. I know. Seriously. But if, you, if you're listening, you're like, oh, I won't be able to see it anyway. Yep. Yeah. So go look it up. Go look it up when you're, go look when it you're, up. When you're uh, next time you're on the internet, <laughs> look it up on Google, Google yeah. image it because it's awesome. And so, uh, yeah, like we have that interesting little dichotomy there yeah. of, uh, and I feel like both, both, uh, options kind of have their pros and cons because yeah. I know that I struggle to work with other people on things. I'm not that great of a team player. I'm more like the lone wolf type that I like to do everything myself if I can. But of course, you do have to work with other people on learn projects. Learn to delegate. Yeah, you have to learn to delegate. <laughs> you have to learn the valuable lesson of teamwork and 
passing certain things off to other people. Right. Um, because, like, so you've talked I, about I this before. I find that difficult, so I feel yeah. like it's interesting to see. Uh, for sure. Well, like, you've talked about before how, as an indie author, you have a ton of responsibilities, so you're going to have to learn to delegate at some oh, point yeah. or another because as you're... you're books become successful, you'll have more and more to do. And so you do, it's, if you can learn early on to be okay with other people working with you, that's a good thing that, that will be in your favor because you'll have to do that at some point. So let's start getting used to it now. (laughs) For sure. Yeah. I I mean, I kind of just made it sound like I didn't want to design my cover, but I didn't want to work with somebody, so I did it myself, which isn't really the case. The case with my cover was more of I actually genuinely wanted to design it myself because I saw in my mind like exactly what I wanted it to look like. Which you kind of like graphic designing. Yes, like I think yeah, we should I cover that. Like yeah, you, you I do graphic I, design quite yeah. a few things. Yeah. I I do all the graphics for my blog and I have kind of grown up playing on Photoshop in my entire life. So it's very familiar to me and it's fun in a lot of ways to take this idea in your mind. And I'm not like at all artistic with like drawing or painting or anything, but graphic design is something that I can handle because it's like, it's easier to, I think it's easier to manipulate that medium and figure out like actually put your ideas into form in -hmm. a digital format. I find it easier anyway. Um, So I've always enjoyed graphic design ever since I was young and, well, I'm still young, but you know, a kid, right? young as in a kid. (laughs) Um, And I've been really attracted to the idea of making my own book cover for a long, long time. And then, so when the time came to publish my book, I'm like, well, of course I'm going to make my own book cover because I've been thinking about this for so long and I enjoy it so much. So And then, so that was one side of it. And then the other side of it was that I had this idea in my mind of like, I know what I want it to look like. Like I want it to be this explosion of happy things and flowers, tons of flowers and all these like little elements from the book. So it's like a hidden picture sort of, of stuff that you're going to read in the book later on. And I really love that about book covers. I love it when like you see a book cover and you're like, oh, that's interesting. I don't quite understand the whole thing. And then you read the book and you're like, oh, that's what that is for. That's what that means. I remember that scene or whatever. Yeah. Um, and like it's just that's really cool. cool. Like the hidden pictures sort yeah. of vibe there. Exactly. So I wanted to incorporate that in. And I knew that I could use a lot of uh, material from the public domain. So, right. Yeah. So talk about that a little bit because yeah. lots of people don't know that. They think I'm going to have to subscribe to some sort of stock image website, which will be like, you know, cost you an arm and a leg. You're paying like $300 an image at cheapest, and then you're having to use all those with licensing. Who the heck knows even how to do that? So you didn't do that route. Right. So talk about that. The public domain is your best friend if you're designing your own book cover. And if you have this, because it's such, it's this massive library basically of digitized images and illustrations and everything that you can possibly think of. If it was ever written down on a piece of paper or drawn on a piece of paper, it is in the public domain before the date of, I think it's 1934, I'm pretty sure. Um, And it's free to use unless 
unless it's stated otherwise because it's under creative commons and they have their own like caveats that you can read each thing will be they'll have like a write-up on each image that you end up using whether you need to credit the source or not but that's really all you have to do is like credit the source on some of them in which case you'd be crediting it what and that like the as the book that it came from so actually if you look in my book on the no um, but i mean like you would be crediting it like on the first like couple pages of any book where it has like copyright information yes. you'd be crediting it there yeah so if, if you if you it. open my book you'll see on the copyright page it right. says you know illustrations by um in all illustrations, I think from the public domain is what it says. And then there's a few that are listed out specifically, like this bluebird drawing from this book published here. And it's so, that's like the few, I used a few that needed the credit. So then I just wrote in the credit to the copyright page. Makes and that sense. takes care of that. Um, but yeah, so the public domain, if you are interested in this at all, definitely check out biodiversity heritage library because that's the website there's multiple websites but that's the website that i found all of my public domain images on that is just like this wealth of incredible stuff it's so much material and you could just like scroll forever i could just scroll forever but that's where i got like all the botanical prints um because they have tons of botanical prints so botanical prints flowers ferns leaves and animals uh, butterflies, birds, all kinds of stuff like that. And then for the very specific illustrations that were like of waffles and like a laptop and sunglasses, I obviously didn't find that in the public domain. I worked with an illustrator on those and you can work with illustrators and find illustrators on freelance websites such as Fiverr, freelancer.com, etc. And get images or get illustrations, work with these people, get illustrations from them and purchase them in such a way, most illustrators offer this, that you have the extended license on it. And they'll even, if you ask them for it, they will even write up a license that's like a printed license agreement basically and send it to you and you have that proof of, okay, they are okay with me using this in a published work. So that's like kind of the technical side of it, but um, it's very accessible to find images and illustrations from various sources online, mostly for free. And if not for free, then you can work with people, um, you can work with illustrators, freelance illustrators who are very reasonable and fun to work with. Yeah, it's amazing how today it's more... It's easier than ever to find incredible talent. Like I know you had a great experience with the illustrator you worked with for the illustrations that were at certain uh, chapter headings or not chapters, but Mm -hmm. the different parts of the book. Yeah, that was another illustrator that I worked with as well. Yeah, and uh, all those things are just, it's so easy to find. It's so easy to find online now (laughs) that it's like you can be working with an illustrator in Russia trying, uh, you know, making these incredible designs for your book without ever having to like seek out these people in person. You don't have to go through like any of the trial and error. You can just like look at portfolios online, find exactly what you want. It's so cool. Yeah, that is awesome. It's amazing how much is available. Um, for, For my respective journey, I guess to talk a little bit about like uh, the series and how I went about the covers was kind of, um, 
I guess it'd be best to start with this question I had written down, which was how to decide if you should make your own book cover or hire a designer. And I think that there's probably multiple answers to this question, but mine would be if you're comfortable like Abby with like Photoshop and you're like, hey, this is fun. This makes me happy to do this. To I enjoy designing graphic stuff and I have I have a good feel for it and I'm confident, then you know, hey, go for it. That's great. If you're like me where you're not as confident, then that might be a good time to be like, hey, I'm gonna see like we were just talking about how how much amazing talent you can find online. It might be a good idea to seek someone out who will be able to take your ideas and work with you on them. Um, which can be a tricky journey to find someone who's going to mesh with you the way you want them to. Um, but I think that it can be like, for me, I, I am comfortable with some graphic design. I have done graphic design, but I wasn't prepared to like do a book cover and a jacket and all this stuff, like the spine and everything was, that was very daunting to me. Yeah. Also like the technical side of it, the how technical you have to side. use like a certain color in uh, Photoshop, you have to use CMYK and not RGB and you have uh, yeah. to save it as like a certain dimensions resolution because otherwise if you like make your book cover and like, you know. Canva or something. Nothing against Canva. I actually love Canva, but it's not necessarily designed for printing. In fact, right. it's not. And so, so I guess a good parameter would yeah, press quality printing is something that's like you have to get into the you have to get a little bit techy. Right. So I guess a good parameter <laughs> would be if why see what is it cymk yeah cymk and rgb sound like a foreign language to you it might be a good <laughs> idea to hire somebody yeah and probably. uh like i'm not super even though i'm artistic i'm not into the very like technical aspects like that so i knew it'd be a good idea for me to work with a designer i worked with a awesome cover designer at books covered which is an awesome company out of the UK. And they designed the cover for The Blood Race, for Resurgence, and for Anomaly. And I was blown away with the job that they did. And Abby designed the cover for Worlds Beneath, which was phenomenal. And um, so it, it was a cool experience. And I guess it, I should say this. I'm getting incoherent. Let me sort of rein this all back in. Um, it's not like you're just like, oh, here, let someone else design it and it won't be what I want. It'll be someone else designing it. The more you have, the better. So whether you're designing it yourself or hiring someone to work with, your process of gathering material and ideas or making a, a Pinterest board or a, a inspiration board of any kind, saving images, basically gathering images and concepts and creating all of that should be the same. Um, do as much conceptual stuff as you would if you were making it yourself. Because like anything, the more material you have to give to a designer, be like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. You know, I want it to kind of look like the vibe of this book cover, like the color grading, but I want it to be like the the, the person's position this way and they, they their face looks like this. And, you know, this is their age bracket. All these little details like that really help a lot because the designer is not in your head. They cannot 
know what you're thinking unless you tell them. So the more details and visual concepts you can give them, the better. So when I got my stuff together for my first book cover for the blood race, I had a ton of images that I was sending my designer. Um, I, I sent other book covers that I liked, whether it was for color rating or the way the figures were positioned. I had tons of like uh, since I did kind of a double exposure concept for the series, I sent double exposures that I liked. And that's how I was really able to work with my designer and get something that was like, wow, the finished product was awesome because we were so good at communicating because we had so many concepts at the beginning. On the flip side of that coin, th- what I think is can become a negative experience is to not have enough material at the beginning. So you're kind of just like, oh, um, I want the cover to have a young guy on the front and he's sort of like walking around in the woods and it's a dreary day. Now, there are a hundred different ways to make a cover like that. So chances are it's not the designer isn't going to make the one that's in your head. So it's better to have more concepts to to give your designer at the beginning so they can understand what exactly you mean by that. Yeah, I think it's definitely better to have like more rather than less, especially when you're working with somebody else because like you said, you're not they're not in your head, so they don't know what you want. And it's it's really like, you know, it's difficult to work with somebody who's just doesn't, is not giving you a clear idea of what they need from you. Right, um, which not to like continue blathering, but like to butt in, because this lines up perfectly with what you were saying. Like, so I mentioned Abby designed the cover for Worlds Beneath. This is actually a story I've never shared anywhere else. So... Um, I was originally going to have my cover designer who did the first book design the cover for book two, but the concept I had of Icarus's face and the back of his head morphing into a wolf was extremely hard to explain, and there really weren't many concepts of this exact thing that I could use as an example, so it was really, really hard for me to convey what was in my head, and because of that, my designer was completely struggling, and he's like, you you might want to design this yourself or find someone else to design it because I'm having a hard time like capturing what's in your head, so that's where Abby came in because Abby and I are so close that she's like, I know exactly what you're talking about. And we like get each other so well on this almost like ideoglossia sort of way. <laughs> so she's like, oh no, I've got it and designed it like exactly what I saw. Yeah. And I was like, this is just a concept. You can send this to your designer. And Katie's like, no, that's great. Like, <laughs> that's let's perfect. just go with <laughs> let's, that. Let's go with that. So I was like, okay. And yeah. tweaked a few things, cleaned it up a little bit and saved it in the right color format. Um, but yeah, that, that's, that is an interesting story. And it just goes to show that like, even if you aren't a graphic designer, putting together like a mock-up version of your cover and how you see it to send to a designer and be like, make this better is better than just like giving them a vague idea or just spelling it out in an email, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. The more you can give them, the better. Like, let them see what you're seeing. Even if you're doodling it on a piece of paper, taking a picture of it and sending it to them so they get like, oh, okay, that's how you want those people positioned. That's where that tree is supposed to be. Like, if you have something wicked specific like that, like, 
it, just be nice to your designer. Make, yeah. don't, don't give them a headache with trying to like figure out like, oh my gosh, what is this crazy writer trying to tell me? I don't get it. Like give them more, even if it's like, not, it doesn't have to be good. They know you're not a graphic designer. They're like, okay, cool. I, I at least get what you're talking about. And then they'll be able to make something that is going to be way closer to what you think. Yeah, totally. And, and, in um, sort of in the same topic as that, when you're mentioning Pinterest boards and saving your ideas, even if you're making your own cover and you're not going to be sending concepts to a designer, I would totally 110% recommend making a Pinterest board for just yourself of all of the ideas that you want to incorporate into your book cover. Even if you don't know what you want your book cover to look like yet, even if you have no clue, but you want it to incorporate some of the aesthetics that show up in your book, saving all of those images, all those aesthetics to a Pinterest board and then scrolling through your Pinterest board will just help you to kind of get an idea of what you want, what that looks like visually like how you could take this aesthetic and make it visual into a book cover and I feel like that for people who just like you don't have any idea what you want the book cover to look like I think that could really help to give you some visuals and like maybe start the brainstorming process of like well how do I illustrate the feeling that I want to convey and that another thing that's kind of related to that is um incorporating or rather fitting in with your genre, not fitting in in like a bad way, but fitting in like looking at comparable titles in your genre and just looking for what is kind of this common pattern because all of these authors in this genre are trying to appeal to the same kind of reader, right? So the kind of reader that you're appealing to or your avatar, they often call it in marketing. Um, An avatar is basically your ideal customer. So you could think of it as your ideal reader. What is your ideal reader? Who are they? How old are they? Where do they live? What interests do they have? What movies do they watch? What is what are their favorite hobbies and activities? And just like building this character, it's really almost kind of like a character uh, in a story, but they're a real person and you're basically trying to appeal to them. And so it's not even so much about like fitting in with your genre, with your genre's book covers, as much as it is about appealing to the same kind of person. So you absolutely can have things that are unique about your book cover, but if you're like, I have no idea where to even start, then it actually is a good idea to look at other comparable titles of uh, books in your genre and just thinking about, well, why does that appeal to my audience? And a lot of times your your audience is actually a lot like you because we usually write what we want to read and read what, and we read what we usually write. So it's uh, a lot of times there's like this overlap, I think, of like, yeah. like I like YA contemporary. So that's what right. I read. That's what I write. That's what I read. That's what appeals to me. So looking at book covers for YA contemporary, I can immediately point out like which ones appeal to me, which ones don't. And I think that's a good thing, a good exercise to do, just going through a bookstore or a library. And just looking at different book covers and, and seeing which ones catch your eye. Right. They're usually only like a few. If you're like walking by a table of books where you can see all the covers, there's like only, for me, there's only like three or four out of like 
say two dozen that will catch my eye and be like, ooh, that right there is interesting. That appeals to me. Yeah, absolutely. I think it can be very valuable to walk through a bookstore and just sort of meditatively look at covers and be like, okay, you know, what's some common denominators, but you also don't want it to blend in too much so that it's like your eye glazes right over and you don't even see it. But at the same time, you're absolutely right in that there, again, you know, there's a dichotomy there because you want it to not send mixed signals. And by that, I mean, like, imagine if 100 days of sunlight, the cover for it was like a like dark colors, black, and the words were just like white and said 100 days of sunlight. Now that would give me a completely different idea of what the potential genre of that book is. And if I'm someone who likes to read YA contemporary, I wouldn't necessarily be drawn to that because I would think, oh, maybe, you know, that, that looks like some kind of adult thriller. The same with like, imagine, I've never watched this show, but you've all heard of it, like Stranger Things. Imagine if the, the like thumbnail for that show, the, the, like where the words pop up, if it was like a yellow background with like scripty font that said Stranger Things. <laughs> and it gives you, it would, and it's funny because it's like, well, that doesn't match the vibe of the show. No, it doesn't. So if you're trying to appeal to someone who would watch that show and enjoy it, they're not necessarily looking for something that they'd be like, that looks like, you know, woman's literary fiction. So <laughs> you want to, to an extent, right. match the genre so that people in this highly distractible society, just scrolling on their phone, stop. And they're like, oh, that, that sends off signals into my brain that that's something that I might like. Yeah. You exactly. know what I mean? Exactly. Right. Because it looks like other things that you're interested in. Yeah. And, and color, you mentioned, is another really good thing to pay attention to when you're saving those images to your Pinterest board or creating an aesthetic board is like, what are the colors that keep popping up? Because that could also indicate like what colors you should include in your book cover because color, or colors are definitely a big component of what catches your eye. And um, I know that darker colors are usually more associated with like fantasy and sci-fi thrillers and then like brighter pastels are going to be more associated with like lighthearted contemporaries and romance and stuff like that. So it it is um a color theory is actually an interesting thing too to look into like what different colors do to your brain when you see them. Um mm. And that all these things can like be incorporated into your book covers in a very unique like almost from a psychology perspective, yep. a psychology perspective of right. like how can I really appeal to my ideal reader? Right, exactly. Yeah, it's like the vibe needs to match the vibe of the story, I think. Yeah. You know? Totally. Um, it should kind of tell a whole story mm. on the cover. That's a big feat, but... I think it's possible. (laughs) Yeah, it is. And, um, like, I think that, like, lots of books, like, the cover is going to communicate the vibe. The one that springs to my mind is, like, the covers for the Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children series uh, always stood out to me on shelves because I'm like, that's, like, kind of eerie looking but also, like, very different. But yet it also tells me, 
kind of what the vibe of this book is going to be about. And so that I think like that's a good example of like it it's definitely different than other like YA in that genre like a yeah. kind of you know paranormal spooky but it's also um like it, it matches the genre but it's different. Yeah. So exactly. the, it gives you the vibe of like, okay, I get sort of what that book's going to be about without even reading the back of the book yet. But I also, it's also different and it catches my eye and I'm like, ooh, what's that? Yeah, I agree. It definitely has to be like same but different. Mm. <laughs> and so it, it makes you curious, but it also has that familiarity aspect. Yes. Yeah. And I think, um, yeah, uh, <laughs> I lost my turn of thought. I think I was going to say something about like finding a designer because mm. I feel like that's something that a lot of people are confused about. Cause right, like, like how you go it. about finding yeah. an actual designer. Yeah. Right. So I know that you you found your designer and your designer is the company's Books Covered. Yes. So the, people might want to check that out. Yeah. Books Covered, awesome company, um, phenomenal work. Um, and I was uh, able to find them, grateful to find them through um, the self-publishing formula group that I was taking part in their course. Another great website to check out is readsy.com. So that's R-E-E-D-S-Y.com. And that's a really cool database of just a, of a bunch of stuff related to writing. So uh, author websites, Book cover designs are also included in there. You can find ghostwriters. You can find all kinds of things, amazing services. Um, but the book cover designers, I always send people to this website to find book cover designers because there's like a, just a whole bunch of amazing, talented designers in this database and just ranging from all different types of genres and really cool stuff to definitely check out. It's like a whole, whole like branch of their website is about book cover design. And you can find a designer to work with who is specializes in your genre or that you just really like their work. You can look at different portfolios. It's really awesome. So check that out, readz.com. And um, you can also find designers on freelance websites like we were talking about. So there's all different kinds of websites that you can find book cover designers on. So definitely take your time, look around. And I would say go off of reviews and also go off of just what you like to what you find yourself drawn to and attracted to in portfolios because there's always going to be portfolios online with um with every designer's work and that will really tell you whether or not it's something that you want to yeah someone that you want to work with right like look at the other book covers they did and then just kind of judge it by like what's your gut reaction of like how do you feel about it like um that was something for me looking through the portfolio of um, the designer who did my cover and seeing like, what do I immediately feel about the book covers? And I was like, wow, I definitely, um, I, I jive with that. I like it. And if it jumps out at you, then, you know, hey, maybe that's a good thing to try. So look at look at the covers they've done for other people, especially if it's try to find covers in your genre. If you're like, oh, well, my book is a contemporary and now I'm just looking at all these ones they did for like military thrillers, then that's not giving you a good idea of what they could potentially do for you. So try to see if like, okay, did you do any contemporaries? And if you don't see anything, ask them, you know, reach out and ask, be like, Hey, could I see some of the work you've done on contemporary books? Um, 
have dialogue about it and get a feel for it before you um, can fully commit. Yeah. Another thing you can do, this is kind of random and sometimes a long shot, but it's worth a try. If you really love somebody else's book cover and you're like, I love this book cover so much and it's not like, you know, something that's insanely popular and accessible to work with the people who worked on that book cover. You can actually find their names most of the time. And sometimes it's just a private company illustration, um, illustrators or cover designers or other type of designers and they'll be credited in the book or in on the back of the book and reach out to them and see what their portfolios are like and what options you have to work with them. Another thing that you can also try, I've sort of tested the waters with in the past, is if you're on Pinterest, that's a great place to find illustrators who can become cover designers. So what I mean by that is especially if you don't want some big elaborate book. I mean, you can get a template that shows you how to lay out the spine in the back of the book. You can always be like, hey, I want this sort of illustration on the front cover. And you can, if you find an illustrator you like on Pinterest, it's a great way to find illustrators and click right through to their websites. And I've done that and reached out to them and been like, hey, I love this image. Would you be willing to license it to me? Or can I commission you to make something similar? And I've had, you know, great conversations with some of these brilliant artists that I found on Pinterest because it's just a really efficient way to be able to find very specific artwork and then connect with those people who have made that artwork. So if you're like, oh, I want a very specific folk art vibe, that's something that's kind of niche, kind of hard to find. So Pinterest can be a great place to go, you know, type that in, look at art, find the artists who made that and then connect with them. Yeah. Totally. That's a great idea. I love that. So I feel like those are some great takeaways for our fellow authors who are listening to this right now um, who want to go go forth and design their book cover or work with somebody to design their book cover. So hopefully those are some good, helpful tips and techniques for you guys to um, take action with. Go home, digest, Mm -hmm. make notes, and start digging in and just research, look around, get a feel for it. Yeah. You can do this. <laughs> you got this. So comment below and tell us uh, if you're if you have a finished book. If you're like, hmm, I'm at that stage. I'm trying to find a book cover designer, or I'm thinking of designing one myself. Which which one are you leaning towards? Designing one yourself or hiring a designer to design the cover for you? If so, why? If you're listening to this, send us a message and tell us what kind what kind of book you have, what kind of cover you want, and we would love to hear from you. Yeah. Totally. And you can find us on our respective YouTube channels. You're probably, if you're watching this, you're on Katie's YouTube channel. So make sure you subscribe to her channel and you can find my channel at youtube.com slash Abby Emmons. And if you're not on Katie's YouTube channel right now, hers is youtube.com slash K-A Emmons. Make sure you ring the bell on both respective channels so that you get updated when we upload a new video. The podcast lives on my YouTube channel as well as videos about creativity and lifestyle. Abby has an awesome show called Writer's Life Wednesdays, which if you are an author, writer, aspiring dreamer listening to this, you need her videos in your life. Thanks. And (laughs) the best way to support the 
podcast and everything else we do really is to go buy our books, yo. Yeah, get those get some of those beautiful <laughs> covers on your shelf. Yeah, get some awesome covers on your shelf and spines like yeah, dang. Yeah. Um, spines are like a whole other episode. Spines are a whole <laughs> They really are. And then, of course, our uh, respective Patreon pages, which it, mine is patreon.com slash Emmons. And mine is patreon.com slash Abby Emmons. So go check us out there. Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching if you're on YouTube. We appreciate it. We love you. We will see you in the next episode. It's going to be awesome. Stay stoked. Rock on.